Breezy evening walks, shady trees and talks. Neighbors watch the block. Here comes another cop. Sirens howling near. My dog joins in song as I urge her gently along these somewhat neglected streets. Railroad tracks divide Florida State University and Florida A&M University. The campuses sit about a mile and a half apart. The tracks remain a symbolic separation between FSU, a largely white university, and FAMU, an historically black university. Mary Jane says hello in her high, mellow tone. I wave on by and Crystal is still on her phone. Summer on the South Side is quite a different tone than that of pretty gardens found in Northeast homes. Poet and author Cynthia Rose noted the differences across the tracks in her poem, Summer in My Capital City. It's literally a dividing line between black and white, between the haves and the have-nots visually. And although Tallahassee is revitalizing the areas around the railroad tracks, when I see the railroad tracks, I literally think of the divide of the races. But efforts are underway to change that. Grew up in a small town and I own her. Had a thing for this shawty, wish I knew her. But I only sit online on computer. I'm talking so bad, won't text her, I'm a this story is about how Tallahassee's South Side is working to reinvent itself while trying to preserve its history, make room for newcomers, and keep its sense of community. I'm your host, Gina Jordan, and this is the podcast Not So Black and White, a community's divided history from WFSU Public Media. South of the railroad tracks that run through downtown Tallahassee is the predominantly black area known as South City, or more broadly as the South Side. We interviewed 21 elders from the community, South Side communities, and one from Appalachian Ridge in particular stood out when he talked about the wall of Appalachian Ridge. It was, it was a physical barrier that said, don't come in to the folks on the other side. So Appalachian Ridge was the white community, South City was the black community. It did not provide an inviting environment. Rachel Bassan Porter helps organize the annual Soul of Southside Arts and Humanities Festival. Appalachian Ridge is directly across the street from the Orange Avenue apartments, the ones that are being demolished and rebuilt. Historically, that complex was for low-income, mostly black residents. When it's rebuilt, it'll be designated as mixed income, and not everyone who was forced to leave will be able to go back. Porter spoke with us underneath the Cascades Park Bridge at one of the Southside Festival events in May. On this side of the tracks, where we're standing right now at Lake Anita, was the black side of town. Over in downtown and up in the north side, that was the white side of town. So the train tracks were an artificial barrier, a physical barrier, I should say 
that separated black from white and white from black. Porter says the festival is designed to celebrate the community and share its stories. Leave your preconceived notions at the door completely. We're at the crossroads, right? This liminal space is um, neutral ground. Come out, meet with your neighbors. If you live in the north and you have never met a friend from the south side, come visit. Poet Cynthia Rose is biracial and she's lived on both sides of the tracks. One of the first things I noticed was availability of food, places to shop for groceries. When Rose moved to Tallahassee in 2008, she lived on the northeast side near Killarne Estates. Over the next eight years, she moved away, then back, got a divorce, and lost her home. So in 2016, Rose moved to the south side, where she could afford the rent and walk to her job at FAMU. And I was like, what? There's no Publix. And they had opened a huge one on the northeast side of town that even had a culinary school on the second level. And I went to the grand opening and I was like, oh, this is five minutes from my townhome. Great. Then I moved to the south side and there's not a Publix in sight. So that was the first thing I noticed was, wow, mm, there's disparity here. And the second thing I noticed was response time by the police when you call them. So I experienced that disparity as well. As in a fast response to teenagers breaking into cars in Killarne compared to multiple calls and delays when a friend had thousands of dollars worth of camera equipment stolen from his car in her neighborhood yeah. Yeah, yeah. across the tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, when I moved to Tallahassee, I thought, oh, I'm going to be in the capital city. Yeah. It will be progressive. And then I got to Tallahassee and I was like, this is like the deep South. I could feel the tension between black and white racial divide. I could feel the tension. It wasn't that anyone like was overtly racist, but you feel it and you see it and how people look at you or look at your child or how people act around each other. And then you see it with, the services that are provided on one side of the tracks versus the other side of the tracks. And then, you know, FSU, uh, although it's multicultural, it is predominantly white and FAMU is historically black and you have them on opposite sides of the tracks. It's like, whoa. So yeah, it's a visual representation of history. Yet, when I hear the brass horns play, I know that this is my kind of day. Ain't life grand? Ain't it pretty? It's summer in my capital city.
alongside the tracks, that phrase or idiom has been used to denote that danger or something, you know, uncommon is on the other side of the tracks, right? You hear people use it a lot. And so I think that those kind of terms are divisive and so we shouldn't use them. I'm Talithia Edwards. I'm a grassroots organizer, um, advocate and coalition builder here in Tallahassee. Edwards is president and founder of the Greater Bond Neighborhood Association. She's also the Title I Schools Advisory Chair for the Leon County District. Title I is a federal program that provides additional resources to schools with students from low-income families. And Edwards sees systemic barriers to access and opportunities. Among the biggest barriers? Location. Think about a group of people and generational poverty. When I talk about internalized identities, I see it from a point that my mother has been here, my grandmother has been here, and maybe there's no way out for myself. And so when we study the achievement gap, we realize that if you put children from different sides of a neighborhood or community um, and different economic groups together, diverse backgrounds and ethnicities, they do better because of exposure. We have children who live not even four miles from here that has not been to Governor Square Mall. We have children who've never eaten at Momo's and seen the pizza bigger than the size of your head, you know. When you think about a child who stays in a one mile radius, they go to school there, their parents live there, they go to church there, um, they don't have access to transportation, these things become limiting. The mindsets are limiting and um, it gets hard to actually imagine and think outside of the box. Edwards says a drive around Tallahassee shows evidence of a segregated city. Start at Capitol Circle, on the far south side and go all the way northeast, you can definitely see the difference. You can see the lighting has changed, the trash, the roads are paved different. And I ask myself the question all the time, why is that? Why is this happening? And what do we do about it? Our school systems, I give a good example. Two gifted children, both tested gifted in two different sides of town their gifted programs are different. So at Gilchrist, they have gifted pullouts. We have math, we have English, we have enrichment. At Bond Elementary, they have one hour once a week gifted. Somebody somewhere has not made a conscious decision to look at what is equitable across this district and across this community and make things equitable. So we have this literal dividing line of railroad tracks right. between FSU and FAMU. Does right. that hold some symbolism for you? Lots of symbolism. And the unspoken story, even now, when we're talking about what divides us, what divides us is ourselves. How do we understand the trauma and the pain and the things that are holding African-American people back? And how do we understand what privilege gives us access to? We can only do that through conversation through intentional relationship building, breaking down walls and silos, and stop the resegregation. We cannot have a generation that moves past and dispel notions if we keep segregating our kids. They're only going to learn how to be apart and won't learn how to be together and change this world so that when we're old enough, we can smile at it. If I fall down, I'm jumping back up. Lose it all, I'ma run it back up. I do this for real, this here ain't no luck. 
Hey, I do this for real, the here ain't no look. Hey, I do this for real, the here ain't no look. Yeah. What do you think when you hear the term wrong side of the tracks? To me, it means that it was the way the majority community had uh, cast dispersions on certain parts of the city uh, in order to uh, keep a class of citizens at the lower level. Uh, we were deprived of resources that the other side of town had. Dr. Henry Lewis, now retired, grew up on the south side. He was president of the historically black Florida Memorial University in 2012. Before that, Lewis was a beloved dean of FAMU's College of Pharmacy and served as the university's interim president. His influence led FAMU to open a pharmacy for medically deprived patients at the Bond Community Clinic. In 1986, he made history by becoming the first black commissioner elected to the Leon County Commission. He spoke with us at an event along FAMU Way earlier this year. Tallahassee is no exception that if you go to the southern part of virtually any major city, that's where the congregation of African-Americans and other minorities are always settled. And those parts of the city were the parts that were usually redlined. Uh, as you know, redlining was a condition that uh, the FHA put on uh, banks to say don't make loans in these particular areas, which kept the property values down, and it kept the resources down because uh, property values and resources go hand in hand. The school board, the city, and the county provides resources in proportion to the property values where they get their taxes from. So as a result, uh, those areas begin to degrade because of the lack of resources. Property values vary in Tallahassee depending on where you live. A house in a more affluent area with coveted schools can cost tens of thousands of dollars more than an identical house with a bigger yard elsewhere, as a realtor told Lynn Hatter in the spring of 2015. And remember, these prices are from seven years ago. We're going to go to uh, two neighborhoods in this area. One is called Camelot Park, which is right behind us here. I love this neighborhood. It's very similar Tallahassee to realtor Christy Oros knows the city. And during a recent ride-along, she points out two houses. The first is located next to the city's main park. It's across the street from a relatively decent high school. And it's about 10 minutes from the center of state government. The yards are large and immaculate. It even backs up to a lake. It was built by Turner Heritage Homes, and it was a particular type of floor plan. It sold for two eighty three five after being on the market for a month and a half. Now, after a 40-minute drive, we're across town near the Georgia-Florida line. It's a bit of a trek. This is Oxbottom, an affluent neighborhood growing in popularity where homes range from $300,000 to above a million. We drive up to the exact same house with a very tiny backyard. It's priced at $360,000. The difference? School zone. Why is this one 70000 more than the same floor plan with a clearly superior yard and location in terms of park vicinity. Integration gave more individuals the ability to move. And now, many of them are returning to those places they left by choice, alongside new arrivals. And that's creating new tensions.
think that the 21st century era is so beautiful in the sense that we are no longer stigmatizing the old silo, black, white, male, woman, right? We're looking at it from a rainbow type concept or not even a rainbow, more of a salad bowl rather than a soup bowl. Dr. Reginald Ellis is Associate Professor of History and an Assistant Dean at Florida A&M University. These individuals who are the grandchildren or great-grandchildren are individuals who integrated are saying now we want to go back to quote, safe black spaces. And so you start to see this idea of resegregation, but I think that brings a stigma uh, to what is actually occurring. Ellis recalls how railroad tracks used to denote a clear difference between the South Side and the rest of Tallahassee. Now, a renaissance is happening on the South Side. Businesses like breweries and restaurants are investing in the area, and more people are crossing the tracks to enjoy them. You start to see a different group that's building a different sense of community on a side of the tracks that, historically, young white people were afraid of, right? I know individuals in my age group that said that they had never been to FAMU because they were told not to come to FAMU, right? Because it was, it was the bad side of town. And now it appears that perhaps it's a, a lucrative side of town where you see individuals walking from Cascade Park, going all the way down to Railroad Square, enjoying festivities all times of day and all times of night, which in our lifetime, we would have never imagined that we would see that. Cascades Park draws walkers, diners, and concert goers who have more reason now to cross over the adjoining tracks. The Railroad Square Art Park draws large crowds each month for its first Friday event. Pride is on display with the yearly Soul of Southside Arts and Humanities Festival featuring music, food, and cultural tours. And a beautification is happening with the Somo Walls Project, 10-foot-tall murals designed to create an art walk culture along South Monroe Street. I view this as the uh, a first domino to fall, and hopefully the falling dominoes of redevelopment, revitalization in this uh, South Monroe corridor will give a whole lot of energy to the area. That was Leon County Commissioner Bill Proctor at a groundbreaking ceremony in April. He said the SOMO Walls project signaled a new beginning for the South Side. But the changes haven't come without pushback. Residents and businesses worry about how the new development will impact them. As Brett Rutherford reported last spring, tensions intensified as Costa's Restaurant became the latest business to be ousted from its longtime location on South Adams Street. It's lunchtime and the line at Costa's Subs and Salads is out the door. The store's owner is handling the lunch rush like he would any other day. He's single-handedly taking the orders, preparing the food, and running the cash register. While some are just stopping by for lunch, many others, like Emmett Hunt, are there to support a friend who has run a business in this community for decades. Because it's become, as they use the term, an institution. And so we know, for, for example, for me, on Friday, come to Costa's. It's just a given. Hunt is ordering his usual, one of Costa's shrimp euros. He's not the only one who sees the business as a staple of Tallahassee's South Side. Costa's Subs and Salads has been on South Adams Street since 1989, just blocks away from Florida's Capitol building. 
The current owner, Joe Atulla, adopted the Costa name and has gone by Joe Costa since he took over the restaurant in 2002. This is my dream here. I come here in the morning, in the morning enjoy what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing. I love to feed people. Costa came to the United States from Egypt in the early 90s to escape religious prosecution and start a family. But lately, running his restaurant hasn't been easy. When the pandemic began, he lost much of his customer base, state employees. His previous landlord gave him some leniency on rent payments, allowing Costas to stay open. Then, local real estate investor Adam Kay purchased the building two months ago. Costa says Kay and his management company told him he could continue paying his previous rent for the time being. He told me, with Bill, uh, you pay the same amount you pay the previous owner until we get you a lease contract. Bill Powell is the property manager for Kay's companies. Costa says after a few discussions to work out the details about a new lease, Kay told him he had 30 days to move his business. Kay offered Costa a spot at another property he owns, but Costa said that wouldn't work for his restaurant. That's when Russ Pangratz got involved. Pangratz owns the House of Music on South Monroe Street. Well, I mean, uh, I think you can see the uproar already uh, just at the, the thought of him leaving. Uh, the community community's rallying around him right now. Everyone's trying to help. Everyone's reaching out, calling, and seeing what's going on. So uh, it would leave a big hole in Tallahassee if, if Costa's just quit being. Frustration about changes is nothing new. Take the ongoing expansion around College Town. It was originally billed as an urban infill project to lure college students closer to the university center. But prices there are high, while land just across the railroad tracks and on the south side is still relatively cheap. And so now you're seeing local folks and not local folks investing in plazas and investing in places um, commercially in um, in Tallahassee's south side. I mean, you're getting right across the track. Christique Henry is a real estate broker with Kingdom First Realty. She believes south side, specifically the area at South Monroe, South Adams, and FAMU Way, may be facing gentrification. And so gentrification is a result of that, that, that uncomfortable press where people are, are finding that the places that they they live and love, they their income and their their reality doesn't afford them the ability um, to comfortably remain. As a real estate broker, Henry understands the importance of property rights, and she acknowledges that such development efforts do boost property values. But she worries that when people and businesses that are in those areas aren't a part of discussions about them, that could be detrimental to everyone. How do we balance legacy businesses? that are um, iconic in particular location um, with, you know, the determinant uh, activity of new investment uh, within these spaces in these areas. She notes there are benefits to new businesses coming into previously undertapped areas. A big one is the introduction of new people into an area that's often misunderstood. Still, she believes developers should offer community members a seat at the table. The growing pains of a of an area that is now experiencing an uptick in demand and interest is that you're going to have that convert that in uncomfortable shift um, that occurs when you have newer folk come in. In this case, the displacement that often goes along with redevelopment doesn't necessarily mean replacing a minority-owned business with a white or affluent one. I'm Brett Rutherford. <laughs> It's springtime in Tallahassee, and less than half a mile from the railroad tracks is Anita Favors Thompson Plaza. It's hosting the Soul of Southside Festival with food vendors, bands, and local crafts. Tallahassee Mayor John Daly is serving up pancakes for breakfast, and there's a line. You doing all right? 
What do you think it means to live across the tracks? Inequality, unfairness, privilege, uh, lack of acceptance. There's a number of things like that that come to my mind. Below the tracks is usually the poorer socioeconomic area of town. Above the tracks is where the, the white people, let's say, live or the higher affluency lives. Um, and I think that I've heard that to be true from Tallahassee, too. Tom Miller and his wife have lived in Tallahassee for a couple of years. We found them sitting near the festivities at the plaza. Miller weighed in on the negative connotations associated with living on the perceived wrong side of the tracks. I had a lady say to me last Sunday in church, and I think she's really true, she says it's because we have an inherent um, humanity of lack of acceptance of people that don't look like us. And I, I never thought about it that way, I'd never put it in those terms, but I think she's got some, some insight that we all maybe struggle with. How do I be more accepting and how do I look at other people with different eyes? wrong side of the track and I love it this is my neighborhood you know this is it, it's only called wrong because people recognize that the wrong that's been done to it Southside resident Christy Henry wears a lot of hats including real estate business owner and community advocate she's also an organizer of the soul of Southside festival we spoke at Anita favors Thompson Plaza along FAMU way there's a positive story there because despite the wrong that has done in the past Folks over here have found a way. They have found a way to care for one another. They found a way to make a way for children to get to FAMU and to graduate with degrees so that the next generation can experience that higher level of attainment that comes with educational attainment. They've made a way to be able to buy and afford homes over here. We haven't told the story of this side of town. That's the purpose of the festival, to help dispel preconceived notions, break stereotypes, and commemorate Tallahassee's historically segregated communities. Really at the soul of it is reconnecting people here with the value of here. It's making them remember grandma and what she did. It's making them remember these churches and these organizations and what they have been for this community to just stir up those old wells and to start to reinvigorate people in terms of their mindset of the value of Tallahassee Southside. And the thing that really, really gives me a great deal of joy is when other folks from the other side of the tracks come over here and they hear the story, they hear the narratives, they hear the love, and they change their mind. Is there any one thing that got you so passionate about this? So I came to um, Tallahassee as a student at FSU and um, again was told not to go across the tracks. And uh, my sister died and I fell into a depression and I ended up leaving FSU. And when I came back, I found myself in AmeriCorps over at Bond Elementary School. When I went to Bond and I went to Smith-Williams Service Center and I went to uh, Walker Ford Community Center, for the first time in my life I experienced Tallahassee. And the folk who I worked with and my mentors in those spaces, powerfully, 
impacted my life. Powerfully shaped my academic confidence and direction and powerfully loved me and many others like me. And I fell in love with Tallahassee Southside and it became my community. And that's where my passion is. Love received and love returned. It's the least I can do. All around the city, alive, awake, and oh, so busy. Do you long for a place where we can see the butterflies dance among the trees, where we can pause our tasks for a while and breathe, release, take in a smile, where we can sit and meditate or read a book and contemplate on what gives meaning to our souls, collective dreams uniting the whole. Poet Cynthia Rose wrote of the joy in a Southside Park a few years ago with A Poem for Our Community. She read the poem at the unveiling of improvements to the Orange Meridian community space. Where children park their bikes to play, there's such a place for us here today. A place for all the ages, the young and the sages. Come, sit a while and be at ease in this space we call our community. Longtime Southside residents are loyal. They're striving to preserve community memories and ensure black residents don't get erased as they take steps to flip the script about perceptions surrounding the other side of the tracks. For WFSU Public Media, I'm Gina Jordan. And I own well Had a thing for this shawty Wish I knew her But I only sit online on computer I'm talking so bad Won't text her I'm a car first Grew up in a small town And I own well Had a thing for this shawty Wish I knew her But I only sit online on computer I'm talking so bad Called in sick Now I'm off work